When I say sandwich cookie, what do you think of? Oreo? Or what about Hydrox? The original cream-filled chocolate cookie? It's true. Hydrox cookies, the OG Oreo, are from Kansas City. And my podcast, A People's History of Kansas City, is digging into the story. Live at Rochester Brewing and Roasting Company in the Crossroads, Friday, March 29th. The first event sold out so fast, so we're going to do it again. We'll even have some cookies for you to sample. Visit kcur.org slash cookies for more information. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. This may come as a surprise, but it's currently illegal for pregnant women in, the, in Missouri to get a divorce. That's because the courts require a child to be born before paternity can be confirmed and child-related orders, including custody and support, can be decided. The American Pregnancy Association reports that Missouri is one of just four states where pregnant women aren't allowed to get divorced, and advocates fear this law puts those into domestic violence situations from being able to leave their abuser. State Representative Ashley Awney represents the 14th District up in Kansas City's Northland. She introduced a bill last week that would undo this law. Representative Awney, nice to have you back on the show again. Welcome. Thanks for having me. What is the law in Missouri as it exists right now? It's actually, um, it's interesting because the way the statute is written, it essentially provides very detailed step-by-step process of how a judge um, needs to go through the process of issuing um, a, a finalized divorce in a situation where, you know, both couples come come to the table and, and that's the situation. But one of the requirements that is asked is literally, there are five things that, that you have to meet five requirements. And one of which is that nobody is pregnant in the relationship. And so that is uh, something that was set in statute um, years and years ago, really to protect the baby, um, making sure that in the court's language that they prevent the bastardization of a child. Um, And so, you know, there were noble reasons to do this, of course. And and of course, in most scenarios, we want this to happen. But there are specific situations where folks really need to get out of a marriage. Um, And for that reason, I think we need to update the statute. What did you first hear about this law? So I found out about this a few years ago when I was touring Synergy Services up in Clay County. So Synergy is a uh, a domestic violence um, shelter. They provide wraparound services and emergency services for folks experiencing domestic violence. And one issue they brought to me is that they have a lot of women who are um, victims of reproductive coercion. Um, That can look a lot of different ways, but oftentimes it looks like preventing reproductive care, preventing um, contraceptive access, um, you know, keeping a partner pregnant, essentially, um, in a lot of cases. So women are coming to them with four, six, eight children, um, you know, escaping a domestic violence situation, Mm -hmm. and they are actually building new housing to accommodate these large families. Wow. How did that make you feel to learn about this situation? I was really devastated, honestly. And, you know, I I am, um, I, of course, I, I have a lot of empathy um, for folks who are experiencing domestic violence situations. But, you know, I also looked at it and, and thought this is not just an issue that affects women. Um, imagine a situation where a man wants to get a divorce and a wife you know, the wife doesn't want that to happen. And so she gets pregnant on purpose, right? She, she, 
um, maybe doesn't communicate her own um, birth control issues. Like this is something that happens to both parties. And I've heard stories from both genders about this being something that has kept them in a marriage, a marriage they didn't want to be in. Are there other states that have a similar law to the one in Missouri? I believe so. Um, I believe there are a handful of states that do. And, you know, like I said, I I really don't think that the initial intent is problematic. I I genuinely do believe that the courts are trying to find the best solution to make sure that a mother and a baby is taken care of throughout a pregnancy. So for instance, if you you issue a divorce decree while a woman is pregnant, there may be challenges with, um, you know, spousal support or child support, things like that. But, um, you know, in an emergency situation, I think those things can wait. And I'd like to create a process for the courts um, to to approach it a different way in those situations. Have you spoken to judge about exactly what they're up against when these situations arise? Absolutely. In fact, I've um, I've been working with a few judges across the state uh, who have experience in this area, uh, who who are helping me work on some finalized language. Um, it was brought to my attention that the language in my bill, as it stands, may not be specific enough. Hmm. Um, so I am, um, of course, welcome, uh, open to to working with anyone who who can make this language better and make this a, a more effective piece of legislation. So as the law stands now, just to be clear here, it's meant to guarantee child support for a mother and child in the case of divorce. Is that right? Correct. So the intention, as you're pointing out here, isn't entirely ill-intentioned. Oh, no, no, not at all. I, mm-hmm. I really don't think so. Um, I, I think it was, like I said, I think it was um, a noble endeavor to make sure that mom and baby are taken care of. I just think that the current statute doesn't take into consideration situations where a, a divorce may not be super amicable on, on both sides, right? There there are outlier situations, of course, in, in every legal situation. And I think this is one of them that our statute just simply doesn't have room for as it currently stands. We'll be right back. So I gather that since the fall of Roe versus Wade in 2022 and the state's near total abortion ban now in place, this is what has brought this law maybe under some renewed scrutiny? I think so. I think that, um, you know, especially in that context, the, the current statute seems very archaic to me. You know, if we are living in a state where we are forcing women to carry pregnancies to term, then we need to make sure that they have an opportunity to escape a bad situation if they're in one. Hmm. So you introduced this bill. You said you're already still working on it. But essentially, what are you trying to achieve here? My hope is that um, I can finalize some language this session and work on getting it a vote in my committee and potentially amending it onto um, a larger, potentially omnibus bill that is moving through the House. Unfortunately, being in the super minority, I don't have a lot of hope for my bill being a standalone bill to move forward in the legislative process in, in any kind of normal way, unfortunately. Right. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really hoping that this the conversation has been started this year. If I can't get it across the finish line this year, I'm absolutely going to continue working on it until I do. Can you get help from a Republican lawmaker who might agree with you on this one? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I've talked with several lawmakers um, on both sides of the aisle who are interested um, in this legislation um, and a few who are willing to co-sponsor. So if I can't do it on my own this year, rest assured, I'll be um, bringing a coalition of bipartisan lawmakers 
uh, on board next year to help me push it. Yeah, I was going to say, to what extent does that happen, even in the Missouri General Assembly, where, as you just pointed out, Republicans have a supermajority? Will they consider, will they have conversations with, with people like you over issues that you're concerned about? You know, it, it depends on the day and the issue, of course. But yes, yes. You know, I think that the things in the media um, that get put out make it seem like we're we're always at odds with one another. But that's simply not true. Um, we work across the aisle all the time. And, you know, there are days when um, I can be a thorn in someone's side, which is my job in the super minority. Um, but there are days when I can go to my Republican colleagues and say, hey, I, I've got an idea. Let's work on this. And they are willing to do so, um, and they're happy to help me carry the weight. So I think this is one of those instances, um, especially female uh, lawmakers on the other side of the aisle. I've gotten um, a lot of interest um, in, and, and you know, I think that a lot of us are in circles of, of folks who who share stories. Right? Women hear stories from other women all the time, um, and I think that that empathy it, it, it does not it, it's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's, it's just a, a human thing. Even if the legislation would somehow manage to pass the House, does it have a shot in the Senate with all that GOP infighting that's going on over there? You know, I I don't have a lot of hope for that, honestly. I, I'm I'm worried that we'll not even make our constitutional obligation to pass a budget this year with all the infighting happening over there. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's State Representative Ashley Awney. She represents the 14th uh, District up in Kansas City's Northland. Representative, thank you so much for your time. I always appreciate it. Thank you. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our interns are Lauren Texter and Gabby Martinez. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. <laughs>